Welcome to Leading with Grace. I'm your host, Jen Reimer, leadership expert, speaker, and coach. And I am here to help you experience a new way to thrive as a female leader in work and in life. This is where we break free of outdated societal paradigms and subconscious programming to help you tap into your intuition and step into your feminine power so that you can lead with grace and courage. Every week, we're going deep with experts and insights to help you experience those epiphany moments that change everything. You'll reconnect with your innate wisdom and lead the way women were intended to, naturally, powerfully, and gracefully. Let's begin. Hello, and welcome to this episode about power. Here's a question. If you say the words, I am powerful, how does it make you feel? Just say it out loud. I am powerful. Or I have power. I asked this question in a workshop I was giving recently to a group of women. And the feelings were mixed. Some said it helped them to feel more powerful, which it can. But others also said it didn't feel all that great. And for me, when I used to say it, and still even now sometimes, to say I have power feels a bit uncomfortable. There's a part of me that doesn't quite believe it. And there's another part of me that doesn't believe I deserve to have power. And these beliefs were detrimental for my leadership capabilities and in life. You see, for most of my corporate career, I didn't feel powerful at all. I felt like everyone else had control of my career and my day. They had control of my agenda, my schedule, how many hours I worked, what I was working on. But one thing in particular that I remember was that the higher-ups decided what my next career was. They decided if I was going to get promoted and to which role. I was told I had a choice, but generally, if I said no, the leadership team would band together to convince me. And this seemed to happen a lot, but there were two distinct times this happened in my corporate career. Once at the beginning and once at the end. And these times were particularly memorable for me. So back in 2001, I was working for Nestle Canada, the second company I had worked in since graduating from MBA school. And I was also in my second role at that company. So I joined Six or eight months later, I was offered a lateral move to another position. And then I was asked again to join another team. And this time, I didn't want the position. I started in kind of a consulting role. And that was kind of a project management role. So it was sitting outside of the business a little bit. And the leadership team wanted me to move to this role to cover a mat leave. That was a sales role. It was pitched to me as a lateral move, and it would propel my career upward. 
And it was this sales role that felt like a step down for me. And it was calling on some small, insignificant customers, plus two or three days a week in the field, which in consumer packaged goods means you're in your car on the road calling on grocery and convenience stores. And that was so unappealing for me. But they told me it was going to be good for my career to have this role that was in the business. It was a commercial role instead of this other consulting type role. And although I was asked and given the choice of yes or no, I felt powerless to choose differently. Thankfully, it only lasted six months before I was promoted to something else. And I went on to several more promotions that were a bit more appealing, but it always felt like I was just floating around on autopilot with my fate in the hands of other people. And mostly men, by the way. So now jump forward 12 years later, where this type of move happened again. Only I was in a much more senior consulting type of role at Nestle again in South Africa. And I was asked to take a lateral move into a kind of marketing sales role. And it looked like a step down to me. And this time, the leadership team said they needed help turning around this business. And I said, no. Not this time. And I had to say that several times to different leaders until the MD finally booked a meeting with me to convince me. And I finally relented. Again, feeling powerless. And it wasn't until I was in a therapy session a few weeks later that things started to change in my mind. I was telling my therapist the story and how angry I was at having been forced to take this role I didn't want. And she just said simply, well, why did you say yes then? And I said, well, the MD told me to. And she, and then she said something to me that at the time was unfathomable. She said, so what? Why does his opinion matter so much? And I said, he's the MD. And she said, so again. And it was only then that I started to realize that my fate was actually in my hands. I did have the power to choose, but I was giving it away. And the reason I'm recording this today is that I have noticed that a lot of women have trouble with power. They also, like me, don't realize they're giving it away. They're either unaware that they're giving it away, like I was, or they feel like their power is being taken away without realizing that they're actually giving it away. They feel like they don't have a choice. And what we don't teach girls and women is that if they do say no, everything is still going to work out. Back at the beginning of my career, I was terrified that if I said no to that first move, I would say stay stuck where I was forever, or I would get pigeonholed into the type of role that I was already in. So I said yes based on these fears. And then, and I and I said yes because I was afraid they wouldn't offer me another role then if something else came up. And then I resented my leaders for it. I blamed them because then when I proceeded to dislike my new role, I 
couldn't bear to blame myself for making that choice. So I played the victim. So the big mistake I was making was believing that my leaders had the power. For me, men have always felt more powerful than me. I tend to put them up on a pedestal, or at least I did. And I do certain women too, but generally men, I put on a pedestal. And in every case where I made a move, a career move that didn't feel right to me, there were men above me on the corporate ladder that were doing the convincing. So why is this so important for leadership today? Basically, if you don't feel worthy of having power, how in the world can you be an inspiring leader? If you don't feel powerful, how can you feel good enough to cast a vision and inspire other people to follow? To say, this is the solution. Let's go do this. Think of the women leaders you most admire. For me, it's people like Michelle Obama, Oprah, Brene Brown. They're powerful women. And I've chosen particularly powerful ones as examples, but they're also, they know they're powerful and they're okay with that. And to see how this works, compare it with women that you know that aren't or don't think they are powerful. I can think of corporate women I used to know, and I didn't, I didn't know at the time, but looking back, I can tell they didn't feel powerful. They were doing things to try to prove that they deserved to have the powerful role they were in. So senior leaders that were women, crazy busy, overly assertive, sometimes to the point of being aggressive, taking on way too much, trying to get everything perfect not admirable qualities, right? So this is all quite paradoxical because for me, I felt like I had to give my power away for the sake of my career. And at the same time, giving my power away was one of the biggest culprits keeping me from being a better leader. It was keeping me crazy busy. It was making me a monster. Sometimes I was walking around pleasing everybody else instead of actually doing the things that I needed to do, making tough decisions, and sometimes disappointing people. And I believe that this is one of the biggest culprits, keeping men at the top and women beneath them. And this takes me to why I believe I gave my power away and why I gave it away more easily to men than to women. So I'll share two big reasons. The first, for thousands of years, women have been told they're not deserving of power or the lesser sex. Men have the power. Women weren't allowed to write for centuries. They weren't allowed to make choices in their lives. They weren't allowed to vote, work in a man's world. Plus, God has the power. If, you're, if you come from a religious background, God has the power. The pastors have the power. The system has the power. One quote I love that Sue Monk Kidd writes in The Dance of the Dissident Daughter Women were second created and the first to sin. Second created and the first to sin. This story affects women all over the world, even if they didn't grow up in a religious household. But I did, and I still hold the shame of Eve eating the apple. It felt shameful to be a woman. It's crazy. 
I know, but I felt it. And I'm not religion bashing, by the way. I'm just pointing out an observation. So all this sends the message that women can't have power because they don't deserve it. And they're not worthy of it. Or that a powerful woman would be shameful. One other example of this is think back to the witch hunts of the 1500s, where a powerful woman was subject to a witch trial, shamed and likely shunned by other women who were afraid of being associated with a witch. So it was shameful to be a witch. It was shameful to be powerful and intuitive, by the way. And this silenced women for centuries. And this conditioning that women shouldn't be powerful embedded itself not only among men, but women reinforced it themselves, especially back then when they were dissociating from the witches and and shunning them and sometimes even reporting them. And you can think about how this comes to fruition today when we see women who are jealous of other people or other women, women who aren't supportive of other women. We were turned against each other. And we still hold on to this stuff. I know it's like way back in history, but our grandmothers and great-grandmothers passed this down to us. So we're second best, we're sinners, we're not good enough, we're not smart enough, we don't have business sense. And all of this has told women that we don't deserve to be powerful. And acknowledging how far feminism has come, we still carry around the leftovers of this stuff. So if you think about it, if you have power that you're not allowed to have, you're not deserving of, it makes sense that we would give it away to anything or anyone who wants it. So for me, what did I do? I tried to prove that it was worth it. I was trying to prove that I was worth a powerful role. So I got busy, busy with tasks, helping other people, perfecting, solving problems, pleasing other people, and trying to prove my value. And basically bowing down to others and putting them up on a pedestal. Okay, so that's the first reason why I gave my power away to men more than women. The second reason, and this affects both men and women, is that we give our power away as children because our brains are hardwired to keep us safe. So I'll give you an example from my life. I was recently at a kid's birthday party. My daughter's five. So she was playing with the kids. They were replaying And I was talking with the moms and the mom of the birthday girl said, my daughter is being so bossy. She's always bossy. And I'm not sure whether I should talk to her about it. And it was really weird because it brought me back to a time when I was five and it was my birthday. And my mom must have been in a similar situation. Wanting to make sure that her daughter was appropriate and successful in the world. And my mom took me aside and told me I was being bossy and to stop it. And I've never forgotten that moment. It was a moment of shame because I got it in my five-year-old brain that it was bad to be bossy. And we rarely forget moments in our lives when we feel shame. But the second reason was that that was a moment where I gave my power away. I decided in that moment, to believe her that I was bossy. 
And by doing that, I gave away my power to be me. Authentically me. So unknowingly, I decided that I would never again feel the shame of being labeled bossy. And from then on, I didn't do what came naturally in those situations. When I felt like I wanted to say, this is the direction we should take, or let's go do this, I stopped myself and I made sure I wasn't being bossy. So I played small. I got quiet. I just stopped myself from speaking. So I didn't voice my opinion. And I stopped myself from acting the way I wanted because I should be acting another way, the way my mom said. And imagine this effect on my leadership abilities. My leadership capability was manifesting in my five-year-old life as bossy. But in my adult life, the effects of my decision in that moment meant that I have found it very hard to cast a vision about this is the solution, this is the path we should take. And I found it very challenging to direct people and lead people. So my point is that it's in tiny moments like these throughout our lives that we give our power away without realizing it. And it's not our fault. We listen to our parents. Most of us. I did. And they're just trying to help us be appropriate and successful. But it's in these tiny moments that we change how we live and work and relate to the world. They cumulatively stop us from leading authentically. So giving our power away means leading inauthentically. And just as an aside, I've heard some people, one of them, a fairly famous author, say that being authentic means spouting off your whatever's on your mind at all times. And for me, that is not what being authentic means. Being authentic means acting from our values, our own creativity, and our own true nature. It doesn't mean saying the truth to people all the time. It's just acting in alignment with your, with your true nature, with what you desire. So now imagine if women all over had the courage to lead from their true values. If women led from their power, instead of all the ways they were told to lead or not to lead, all the ways they should act, we'd have way more successful corporate women at the top of companies making huge positive changes in the world. So what can you do about it? If you feel any of the things I've been talking about, there's a couple of things that I teach in my programs and I'll give you one as a starting point. Just start noticing when you're giving your power away. For me, there's three key ways that you can tell when you're giving your power away. The first is when you're feeling resentment towards a thing, a person, a situation, wishing things were different. So back in my career move, I kept wishing I hadn't taken the role that I didn't want. And then I was resenting the people who I saw as putting me there. So resentment is a critical symptom of giving your power away. A second one is when you are shooting yourself. When you feel like you should do something for the sake of blah. You should do something because, 
or you're saying, yeah, but this, yeah, but such and such. So when you're saying I should, you're giving your power away to somebody else who's told you you should, if you feel like you don't want to, but you should. And the last one is playing small. And this is when you're biting your tongue, you're afraid to voice your opinion, or afraid to take action, especially taking bold, inspired action. So you're not doing the things you're afraid to because you've given the power to somebody else to control the outcome. So with those actions, I'm going to close this episode. I would love to hear how this is working for you. So you can send me a DM or comment on Instagram at Jen Reimer Leadership. I will put that in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening. I hope this helps and I will see you in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening. If this episode was helpful for you, share it with a friend or a colleague. You can also share it on your social, just screenshot it and tag me at Jen Reimer Leadership. And of course, rate and subscribe to this podcast. I'll chat with you soon.